Welcome to Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs and Tech Professionals. I'm your host, Mike Morton, Charter Financial Counselor and Financial Advisor. And today with me is Julie. Julie, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. It's one of my favorite places to be now. That's great. Thanks for saying <laughs> that. I have a question for you, Julie. Okay. Would you like to turn $3,000 into $50 million? Obviously. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Okay. So I've got good news and bad news for you, Julie. The good news is today, on today's podcast, I am going to explain to you exactly how you can turn $3,000 into $50 million. And I can't say it's guaranteed. I can't say anything is guaranteed, but it's a pretty foolproof method. Let's say that. Okay. All right. That's the good news. No lottery tickets involved? No lottery tickets involved. Like I said, okay. fair, you know, not guaranteed, but fairly foolproof. All right. Okay. But there's some bad news. The, the $50 million, Mm-hmm. It's it's going to take some time and it's going to take some time that you might not be around to end up spending it. So this <laughs> <laughs> Well, where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? So this is going to be more for a child or a grandchild that we okay. can turn $3,000 into $50 million for that child. Well, here's the real question, Mike. Will that $50 million be more like $3,000 for that grandchild? <laughs> Good question. That's a good question. We are definitely going to tackle that as well because, yeah, when you start throwing these numbers around, especially with time and the longevity of time, that's the perfect comeback question. Is it really $50 million? Come on. I remember buying a pack of gum for like five cents, Mike, and now it's three bucks, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good question. This is one of my favorite topics. I've been following this topic for quite a few years by good friend Paul Merriman. I will link to his articles and podcasts in the show notes. He has fantastic content. And I love this article, $3,000 into $50 million. All right. So we're going to go through that today for our listeners, how that works. And there'll be some questions along the way, of course, but let's just dive into it. Okay. All right. This relies on time and compounding. You might have already figured that out. And Einstein says compounding is one of the wonders of the world. And I couldn't agree more. It's one of the things that our mind is very challenged to wrap itself around. Okay, I just mentioned the, the pack of gum. It was literally five cents. When I was growing up, I'd go to the corner store and get five or 10 pieces for less than a quarter. And now it's like a couple of dollars. I have to give my, I have to give my kids a couple of dollars to get like a pack of gum. Mm-hmm. So these things that are slow, it's like the frog boiling in the water so slow that you don't even realize it until 20 years later. Okay, so it does rely on compounding and we're going to get into the numbers, how this works. All right, you ready to go, Julie? I'm ready to go. All right. Let's give our hypothetical child or grandchild named Brandon. When Brandon is born, we're going to take $3,000 and invest it on Brandon's behalf. So we're going to put it 100% into the stock market. Now, we're going to use a small cap value fund. All right. And that means it's invested in a diversified portfolio of small companies, more on the value side. Not going to get into value and growth. But the point is, historically, when we look at small cap value over the last 100 years, researchers and academics love to look back in time and slice and dice the market because we all want to know how to beat the market. And so they do tons of research on companies and past performance. And so small cap value stocks, which you can own thousands of them, so it's not just investing in a couple of companies, that has one of the highest returns historically, over 12% a year. Wow. 
Exactly. Now, when I say 12% a year, be like, oh, I want to get that. Of course you do. I do too. It comes with a lot of volatility. You could invest in that today and it might go down and you will not be break even for 10 years. That could happen. And then it goes on a tear at 25% a year for another decade. Okay. So it does go up and down a lot. But when we look at the last hundred years of history, the average is 12% a year. Okay. All right. So Brandon's just born, put in $3,000. We're hoping to get 12% a year of interest, of growth, both interest, dividends, reinvesting it, and growth. So we're going to let that ride for many years. Now, is this fund in his name? Okay. All right. Let's get into technicals. So first, I would say it could be for sure. You could use an account, UTMA or UGMA account. These are for minors. So you could do that. I would say in this case, just keep it in your own name. Keep it simple in your brokerage account. Just take 3000 bucks, put it in this fund. Boom. You could just do that and then just not even think about it for five, 10 years. Okay. No problem. Mm -hmm. Just let it sit there. That works fine too. Now, when Brandon gets old enough that he starts having earned income, his teenager now mowing the lawns or getting the job making pizzas down at the general store, then he's got earned income. As soon as you have earned income, you can open up a Roth IRA and you can put that up to 100% of that earned income, up to 100% or $6,000, whichever is less, into that Roth IRA. Now, you think Brandon's going to take his lawn mowing money and put it into a Roth IRA? No, he's going to spend it on video games and pizza that <laughs> That's he exactly makes. Right. That's exactly right. So what we're going to do is we're going to put that in there for him. All right. So we're going to give it to him and say to the IRS, oh, Brandon put in his $1,500 into the Roth IRA and I just gave him $1,500 to spend. Okay. And you could do that. You just looked at the gifting rules. (laughs) By the time he's 15, it's 15 years from now. So the the rules will change. But right now you can give $15,000 a year to anybody tax-free under the gift tax laws. And so he can put that money into Roth IRA. So over time, say teenage years through the 20s, we're going to take whatever that fund has now grown to and slowly shift it into his Roth IRA. All right. So that's technically the best way that we have today. Laws might change of doing this because now we have that money growing tax-free. And now the Roth is in his name. Yes. The Roth is, that's correct. Yeah. Individual retirement account. It's his account in his name. He puts in the 1500 he earned. You reimburse him 1500 so he can spend it on video games and pizza. And you do that each year until this whole fund is now in his Roth IRA. So that's technically how it's going to work, but the math works out basically the same. All right. Yep. So that's a great question. So now we got 12% a year. I'm going to spare you the details of the math, of course, (laughs) but 12% a year over 65 years. So now Brandon's gone through his whole career. All right. And it's 65 years later. And that $3,000 has grown to... $4.75 $4.75 million. All right. That's not $50 million. <laughs> Come on, Julia. It's pretty exciting. Four, almost $5 million from yeah, 3000 Yeah, but you promised me good. 50 <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. I promise you 50 Okay. But Brandon's pretty excited. He's thanking... Of course he is. He's thanking his late, great Julie for <laughs> 65 yeah, years yeah. later for this four, four and three quarter million dollars. That is now in his Roth IRA that has grown tax-free and it's tax-free forever and it's great. <clears throat> but I promised him $50 million, so let's see how we're going to get there. He starts taking out at age 65 5% of the value of the portfolio to spend on fun stuff for his family. Okay, And so in the first year, he takes out 
of that almost $5 million. So it's about $237,000 that he gets to take out of the account. Now, the account is still growing at 12%. We're just assuming that straight line 12%. Again, we know that some years will be down, some years will be up. It takes out 5%, 237000 It continues to grow. At age 70, he still takes out 5% a year. So that 237 has grown to 323,000. So at age 70, he takes out over 300,000 and it still continues to grow. At that point, it's six and a half million dollars. That's just five years later. The Mm -hmm. compounding really starts kicking in down the road. Yeah. Okay. So he keeps going till age 95, till his peaceful death at age 95. At that point, he's taken out 5% a year, which is total about $21 million he's taken out and spent. And the account balance is $30 million that he's leaving to his heirs. So that's $50 million. Wow. $50 million. All right. Yeah. But now, again, we're you, talking generations down we're the line. Talking, so. Absolutely. So that is the caveat to this whole conversation, of course. All right. So we understand that we're putting this into the future and it takes a long time to grow. And the other thing I want you to recognize from just hearing some of those numbers, the 3,000 grows very slowly for the first 20 years. Mm-hmm. First 40 years, slowly chugging along. But notice from age 65, it had grown to 5 million and he starts taking money out. Mm-hmm. And it grows so from 65 to 95. Those 30 years, it grows to over 30 million, even with money, even with taking out and spending 20 million. So compounding kicks in significantly down the road if you can stick with it for the long term. So this is a good, I think a lot of people can relate to the nefarious side of compounding because back when I started college, the MasterCard and Visa were all over the campuses giving kids credit cards and the interest rates were 22 something percent. And of course the kids had no idea what that meant and the compounding interest, all of a sudden that $50 pair of shoes that you bought a year later has now cost you $400 or something ridiculous. And so when you think about it, this is the flip side to that. Yes, wow. absolutely. And that's exactly right. That's why people end up in credit card debt. Yeah. You're like, oh, how did that happen? It doesn't take much. It doesn't at all. Yeah. Those percentages are so high that you can't get out from under it now. But that also means flip it and you can get ahead with it. That's right. And this Just takes me well. back to uh, Warren Buffett's, one of one of my favorite quotes. He, he hates getting haircuts. He doesn't want to spend $10,000 on a haircut. That's $10,000. What are you talking about? It's like 50 bucks. Oh, because that 50 bucks... In 30 years, it'll be $10,000, and I don't really want to spend that on a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he has so much money. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> All right, so this is easy to understand. Hard to wrap your head around, but like, sure, Mike, I understand. Look, if I put in 3000 bucks and in 100 years' time, $50 million, sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but So a couple of good things. You could do this for a child or grandchild. And I just think it's amazing if you're at a point that you could put in $3,000 when they're born and just say, yeah, I can afford that. Oh my gosh. Just stick it in one fund. And you don't have to think about it for a couple of decades. That's all the other great news. Oh, they were just born and you just do it. And then it's over there, done with. And we'll check in in 10 or 20 years when we can start doing that Roth IRA stuff or however the laws might be at that point. All right. But let's talk about some of the things that might go wrong with this strategy. All right. First and foremost, 12%, Mike, 
Really? So we talked a little bit about that. That is the history. That's the last hundred years. If you had done this at certain points, now certain points in U.S. history, depending on when you started, you're going to get different returns and they could be pretty wildly different. But when you zoom out to 50, 60, 70 years, they start averaging out. And so I don't have any other way of looking at it than history right? Mm -hmm. We could say this time's different. We've talked about in the other podcasts. Oh, maybe this time's different. Maybe, but I don't know what else to go on other than history. And that's what the history shows. And the good news is you can get into this with very low cost these days. It used to be buying stocks. You had to spend quite a bit and there was no index fund. 50 years ago, you couldn't buy this fund, but now you can. And so this is a great strategy. And I think 12%, I don't know if it's realistic or not, I can only tell you that's what history shows. Now, just because this sounds great, let's look at different numbers because you're talking about $3,000 one-time deal when they're born. So let's come up with another strategy that might be more beneficial in the shorter term. Yeah. So what if you can't afford that? I don't really have 3000 sitting around right now. So let's throw out some other numbers the same way that you could get there. So you could get to the same situation with $365, dollar a day, $365 a year for the first 60 years, 60 odd years. All right, it's not going to matter too much at the end because you're adding so little, the, the portfolio would have compounded. But $365 a year for the first 60 odd years of Brandon's life would get you in the same boat. Now, the couple of things I noticed that right away is that's a long time. 365 is a lot less, one tenth, but I'm doing it for 60 odd years rather than just like one time. So that's where you can really start noticing the compound effect. If you can get it in earlier, it's that much less money you need upfront. Yep. Two other scenarios, just to drive home the point of compounding. I don't have that much money. I can't do that today. If you don't start until Brandon's 21, you have to add $3,600 a year until he's 64. So for 40 years, $3,600 a year. So instead of a one-time 3,000, if you wait 20 years, you got to do over 3,000 a year for the next 40 years. And if you wait even a few more years, it turns into 5,500 a year. Oh my gosh, it goes quick. It goes quick. So again, that first 20 years doesn't seem like it won't have grown that much. That 3,000, ah, it won't see, seem super significant by the time he's 20. Be like, oh, it's great. It's fantastic. It's not super significant. However... It, that's when it's just starting to get going. That's when it's really starting to get going and start doubling and taking off from there. So I have a question for you then. Mm. I have a four-year-old. I also have a, a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. We'll, we'll ignore them for now. Let's ignore them focus for on now. The focus on the little one, right? Because so right. we've started five two nines for the kids and we're obviously putting more into the 12-year-old's fund because his college is coming up sooner. Mm. Would it make more sense instead of setting up this 529 for the four-year-old, say we're putting in, I don't know, two or $3,000 a year for the little one because he has more time. Instead of a 529, should I be doing this strategy here and putting it into an SVC? Or no, because okay. it's shorter term, I guess, if I'm looking at between 18, 17, 14 years, I guess. Right. Two completely different things. Even though I know from your perspective, it's still a couple thousand dollars a year and, and it's for your child. So you're like, oh, should I do A or B? But remember, A or B are completely different uses. So one is a 529 is for college expenses, college expenses that you expect to pay for. So you're setting yourself up and saying, I'm going to cover some of his college costs. 
I better start saving now so that I don't have massive bills. When I do have those massive bills, at least I have some money set aside. Whereas the strategy we're talking about today is really for your child when they're in retirement, giving them money. Mm -hmm. And so do you see the difference, even though you're still saving now, one is for yourself to help cover that goal that you really value. And the other is simply to give money to your child. Now, the other way, and I do this personally, where I've been putting in some money for my kids, both for some college for myself and also a small fund that I'll eventually give to them. And it can be for different uses. It could be for retirement. That's what we're talking today. How do you turn it into $50 million, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. But it could also just help them out with um, after college costs, maybe a down payment for a first, first home. home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. You can start early and say, oh, my child's just born or they're four years old now. I can put in a few hundred bucks a year. You're not going to really miss it potentially. And so maybe you can put in a couple hundred bucks, let it ride for a little while. And then when they're 25, 35, got a little pile of money that's going to really help them out. Now that 12%, I know we talked about how it can go up or down, but when you're looking at a 529, what are the average yields Mm. on that? So it'd be much less than that because you want to have that money available. So when your child's born and you put it in a 529, if you use an age-based portfolio, which a lot of the 529s use, it will be fairly aggressive. It'll be almost 100% in the stock market because they're zero years old and you're going to use this money in 20 years. It's like a target date fund, which we talked about last time. It automatically shifts when they're five years old and 10 years old and 13 years old. It's automatically shifting the portfolio to have more bonds, which will give you less return overall, but will mean that by the time they're 18, 19 and going to college, that the money is there and won't drop by 40% all of a sudden. You expect it to have 100000 and now it just turned into 70000 That won't happen because it'll be invested more in fixed income, cash, and bonds at that point. So your return will be less over those 20 years than it will be uh, in this strategy. Okay. Yeah, I just, it brings up a lot of questions because so many of us have younger kids and we think when you look at compounding interest, now I'm thinking it seems like I could give my kid a lot more money with this strategy versus another one. And I'd love to be able to give it to them before I'm dead because by the time my last one retires, I'm not going to say how old I'll be, but I won't be here. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so this, and this strategy, let's talk about it a little bit you will be giving them the money. We talked about that right up front. Where does this money actually sit? When they're born, I recommend just you know put it in your own portfolio somewhere in brokerage account. But as they have that earned income, let's get it into the Roth IRA. So that is their money. And you need to start having conversations with them. Hey, this is $1,500. Hey, there's $2,500 from your earned income. We're putting in a Roth IRA. What's this Roth IRA? You have lots of great conversations with that teenager around this is what the money is and why it's here and about investing and growing. Let's talk about some of the other downsides, right? We said, where are you really going to get 12%? The other thing is that Brandon has to stick with this strategy, staying invested for the long term, not start to rebalance, not bring in those bonds, even in retirement with this portion, Okay of what they've been given in their portfolio. If you want that 12%, you have to be committed to 100% in the stock market. It's gonna go through its ups and downs, which is different than a general retirement portfolio. I'm not gonna recommend being 100% invested in the stock market necessarily, but for this, that's what this strategy is all about. It's a supplement. Obviously, Brandon hopefully is working and saving and investing his own 401k and doing all those smart things as well. Now, what if, would you tell him, is there 
a downside to just not saying, or does he have to claim the income or how does that work later? You'd have to have all those conversations. Yeah, I would have all those conversations through teenage years and 20s, reinforcing smart, good habits. This is a great opportunity to say, to show them the math, right? Make it a math problem, show, say, this is, guess what? This is tax-free. You don't have to pay that 20% in taxes every year or whatever it is. So going through the math, going through investing, going through the gifting, hey, this is for you because we really care about you. All of those kinds of conversations is just a great opportunity for education and support uh, of a child. And now, but, okay, just, of course, my children are spectacular. This would never happen to us. But other people's kids, sometimes they go down a wrong path. Maybe you don't want them to get access to that money. Is it once they turn 18, once they turn, is there a time at which all that money becomes theirs and they can do whatever they want with it? Yes, in the Roth IRA, all the money is theirs and they can basically do whatever they want with it. Under current Roth IRA rules. Okay. So that is definitely concern. Mm -hmm. And there are other ways of doing this. Like I said, you could use different account types for minors, different trusts when they get older that have, you can literally do it any way you want. Mm -hmm. Hey, they get the money when they're 30. They get it when they're 45, as long as they're drug and alcohol free. You can put in all kinds of rules. The downside of that is you're going to be paying taxes. All right. It is not in a tax free account. And so the income and growth will be taxed, whatever the laws are then. But that is a different kind of account type. But again, there's pros and cons. Maybe that's a better way of going. It's safeguarding the money so it won't be squandered in ways that you don't think are appropriate. And you're the one ultimately giving this money to a child or a grandchild. Yeah. No, it's a really, this is a great topic because I joked about the lottery ticket, but this is sort of win-win lottery ticket. You know, that you're still, there's still a gamble, but it's it's not a... You come out on top no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why I started this whole thing. This is not guaranteed, of course, but the math is fairly foolproof. Of course, we don't 12%, maybe it's 10, maybe we don't know, but it does compound and grow as long as uh, capitalism prevails and people still want to spend money on products and services, then these companies will continue to make money. Now, you mentioned at the start too, inflation. So let me just mention that briefly, all right? Historically, we've had about 3% inflation. So I mentioned, yes, yeah. When you look historically over the long term, it averages out to about 3%. Now, that's wildly all over the place. Right now, we're less than 2%, and it's been like that for a long time. We really haven't seen goods and services go up significantly. In the 70s, it was 10 12 17%. And we could have a whole conversation around bonds Man, we're, Mike, we're not getting any interest on our U.S. Treasury bonds. It's half a percent, one percent. Yes, I know that, but inflation is low. Did you know in the '70s? Yeah, you were getting ten percent, but at fifteen percent inflation, you're actually losing money. Okay, so it's all about being in context with these things. So at about three percent inflation, which is the historical average, by the time Brandon reaches sixty-five, I told you his account balance would be almost five million. If you adjust it for inflation to think about it in today's dollars, what does that really mean? He'd have almost 700000 Okay. So your 3000 turns into 700000 by the time he's 65 in real purchasing power. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And in real dollars, of the whole, I said $50 million with all that spending, taking out money and spending and the account balance at the end, the 3000 turns into $3.6 million dollars. In today's dollars. Today's dollars, yeah. Which is, it's nice to think about, 
again, we talk about the flip side. When you take a mortgage out on a house and you've paid $400,000 for your house, 30 years from now, you've actually paid. I don't want to even want to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than that. So this is a nice way to feel like you're winning on one end of that spectrum. Yep. Exactly. With that compounding, it's still tremendous growth and, and tremendous. Who wouldn't want a few million dollars, right? In the, the retirement portfolio. Yep. <laughs> it goes without saying, but this strategy, you can tailor, as we've talked about, into yep. what makes sense for you. Oh, my kid's already 10. Okay, no problem. I got help when I per- first put my down payment on a first home, and I want to do that for my child. Fantastic. Great. If you do a little bit now, then it means you won't have to do a big chunk later. Mm -hmm. So you can all be tailored to your unique situation. But I love putting this out there and getting people thinking about it because I love the idea, especially when it comes to, say, grandchildren. So maybe well down the road for us, Julie, Mm -hmm. but just already thinking about this strategy. Ooh, maybe I could afford a 3,000. By then, it'll be like 30,000, Julie. We'll have to put in like 30,000 with inflation. (laughs) You save 100,000 of that for that pack of gum. We're going to buy them. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, so what do you think, Julie? Are you going to do something like this? I think I am. I mean, why not? You can't lose, and it feels good to make some money on compounding interest versus losing it with all the other things we use it for, or it's used against us for, I should say. I love it. There's uh, On that note, actually, I didn't think about this, but there's a few places you can put this into practice. I told you you could just take a few hundred dollars and in your brokerage account just buy a fund and just know like, oh, I own this one. It's for you know so-and-so. You can also do this, I've done this personally at a place called M1 Finance. So you can look that up and they allow you to invest money automatically in a portfolio that you can design and it automatically rebalances. So I have an automatic transfer of X dollars per month, maybe $50 or $100 a month that you can take from your savings account into my M1 Finance brokerage account. And it automatically gets invested into that small cap value fund or actually have three or four, 25% of this, 50% of this little portfolio, and it automatically is invested. So that's a great resource as well for putting this into action. Cool. That would work for a child too, yeah? Yes. Now the same thing, like right now that account's in my name. Now you could do it again, if you wanted to give the money to the child and you could do something like that as well. I just made it very easy for myself to get started and say, oh, I'll just keep it in my name, knowing you know, what it's for. Maybe it's for one kid. I do it for multiple kids just in one account. Uh, All the money's there. It's for all the kids. I'll figure out how to split it up later on, but just for now, just to get started. Cool. Well, fantastic. Any other questions on this topic? I think we did a pretty good job. I think so too. I, that was, that was a great topic. I love it. All right. Super. Well, if you have any questions, of course, always feel free to reach out. Julie, great to have you as always, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.